To Sonic Talk, your number one source for all Sonic Head the Hedgehog based discussions. I am your usual host, Jared the Cat. I am joined today by Mr. Uh, J. Joseph Jr., the Hedgehog. Uh, Metal Gear. We also have uh, Doug the Echidna. Yeah, let's get this shit over with. Uh, we have Lucio the Bat. I don't have any butt related puns that I can think of. And we have Michael the Fox. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Stay out of Michael shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody but the two of us knows what the fuck that is. It's been a busy week. Uh, I think that maybe we should start off. Uh, let's. Why do, should we Should we start off with some reader mail? Let's. Why don't we do that? Have mail? Let's, let's start off with some reader mail. People actually again. Today's. Uh, oh, mail. Today's letter comes to us uh, from Ross, age 36. And Ross writes, Dear Sonic Talk, I read your review of Persona 4, Dancing All Night, and was surprised that there was no mention as to whether or not Sonic the Hedgehog would be a playable dancer, or at least visible in the background while other characters danced. Can you elaborate on how often Sonic appears in the game so that I can make an educated purchasing decision? Do you want to field that one, Jay? Yeah, sure. So, Sonic does not appear in the game, but Hatsune Miku does appear in the game, as we all know. Uh, Sega licenses both Sonic and the Hatsune Miku games. Uh, Hatsune Miku is owned by uh, Krypton Media, but her games are licensed by Sega. She is downloadable DMC, DLC in Persona 4 Dancing all night, so maybe you can pretend Hatsune Miku is uh, Sonic. She even has blue hair. There's, there's, no that there's no Sonic 1 out of 5. There's definitely a connection here, though. Um, so, I mean... I think there's something to to extrapolate on there. Now, Persona 4, Dancing All Night, uh, that also features the characters of Persona 3, I think? What? No. Who are these what? people who are dancing, and why are they dancing all night? All right. So, um, uh, so Persona 4, Dancing All Night. Are we really starting? I thought we were going to start talking about news. So are you going to start with video games first? I thought I'd throw you a softball and let you start with Persona, but, I mean... Yeah. So let's I, talk about how it has. I, I, I don't care. I don't care that much. This obviously really I, I, fucked you up here. I mean, I mean, Persona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you can't depart from the formula like that. I'm an American. I need, I need my things a certain way. I need me. I need me how they. I need them. Um. Uh. So Persona, you play as the characters from Persona Four, and it's been a month and a half after the events of Persona Four. Um. Which. Wait, hold on. What? They look much older than they did in Persona 4. They do look much older, don't they? And they, they, they dress much older, certainly. Like, I would not let Risei walk out of my house just the in events that. Of I would Persona tell the, were I would tell the young stressful. lady. I would tell the young lady to go back upstairs. What does that have to do with wearing, like, a leather bra? I think stress makes you age faster, though. You know, like... That's, yeah, I wouldn't that's I wouldn't let like, Risei walk Obama, out of my house. Obama today. looks like he's fucking 80 now. Um, right, or like when Gandalf turned white. Right, he went from Gandalf the Great to Gandalf the White. But that's only because he became 
uh, pure. But also stress. So yeah, did die. So it's been a month and a half after the events of Persona, and Rise has is trying to break back into the music idol scene. She's decided her backup dancers and her backup singers need to be all her friends. So they began training like intensively for uh, this this month that have gone by, so they can all appear on some big TV show with a musical group named uh, 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 God. What the fuck is the name? Kanamine Kitchen. Kanamine Kitchen. And Kanamine Kitchen is a music idol group that's themed after farm animals that you eat. So they'll have names like... Right. <laughs> they'll have names like Sudamono, the succulent sheep, and... and, and Right. Exactly. Um, I think Kanamine, Kanamine's supposed to be like your dairy cow. And the idea is that you can eat them up, and their meat is tender and sweet and succulent, and you go into... Uh, the poor the kidnapped. I'm, I'm sorry. Which game are we talking about again? <laughs> this is Diner Dash, or so, so? So the Konami Kitchen girls. The Konami kitchen. kitchen. And so, what's happened to them? They've been kidnapped. The the Konami Kitchen girls have been kidnapped, and they've been no. They don't. They're not kidnapped. They fall into. They get sucked into the TV world somehow. It's a brand new TV world that's about making connections with other people. How other people see you. And um, how you're supposed to be their perception of you. So, for example, I say, uh, I don't know, I, I highly respect Michael because he always wears dapper clothing. So, Michael always has to look like that guy, and he can't ever be anything else. Like, he can't be a guy that scratches his balls and drinks a beer. So, that's essentially what's going on here in Dancing All Night. The girls, because they don't, they have, like, or confidence issues or think people won't accept the real them they're like okay yeah i accept and then they they themselves turn into a shadow so they don't have another self they turn into that actual shadow and your goal is to dance so that your true emotions can get through to them and so you can bring them back into reality with your booty shaking and that's generally the story so how did they figure that out Considering that canonically the ball was just brutalized the shadows. So does this happen before or after the fighting game? It's after the fight. That, no, it's, it's oh, before. That's a good question. It's before the fighting game. But so this is what happens in this TV world. You can't use violence. Uh, even if you try to use violence, it, basically nothing will happen. It'll be totally ineffective. Um, violence just doesn't work. Just flat out doesn't work in this world. So instead, you kind of have to dance. And, and Rizze is such an important character, you know, because she's basically a giant satellite. So she can transmit music anywhere in the TV world, and she can transmit it to her allies. Um, and they can dance and let their real emotions out. And once the idol is reached with these emotions, she'll be freed from her <laughs> curse. So they can dance if they want to? Can they leave their friends behind? Well, I think that's a game over if you leave your friends. Yeah, you can't in leave TV your friends behind. Well, what if yeah. their friends don't dance? Well, they can't dance because they're in. They're stuck in like the frozen TV thing, right? Well, they're, 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 they're no turning into shadows. They become, they become shadows. They become like monsters. So, so I mean, so I guess they aren't friends of yours. Doug wouldn't be friends with a shadow. No, he's friends with me. Well, that's but, true. But you're more like I don't call you a shadow, though. I call you something else. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say that on the podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh guys, did you hear that Persona Five got delayed? 
Yeah, no, so thank you. I'm glad we're talking about news now. Oh my god, this is like the, thing I want to say, though, like, this is the most frustrating start to a podcast I've ever had. So how about I want to say though uh, about the Persona f- uh, Four dancing thing? Yes. So weird because like up until Arena, at least it seems they they managed to keep the the plot kind of tight, and now with this, you know, that's it's kind of weird. What, what did he say the, that the, wasn't the, tight? This the, sounds the super still, tight. I mean, I mean, you know, story wise, the plot's still kind of tight. It's just kind of like a small contained story, so it doesn't really have any impact on. Persona 3 or Persona 5, uh, sorry, Persona 3 or Persona 4, it has no real impact on Arena. It's just kind of like a nice contained story. Because right. Arena's like, is that, Arena's then... like a year after, right? And this is, huh. and Dancing All Night is kind of immediately off the events of Persona 4. It's like no time at all. Um, right. And instead of, you know, them mentioning, oh, I remember when we were sucked into a TV world and first dance, <laughs> they right. kind of it never how, happened. How right, dare they not the, write them with that in mind? But the, but the, see, you have to keep in mind this TV world, the mechanics are kind of different. And it it's, it's not based, it's, it's, see, the because canon persona, in Arena. In Arena, the canon is that they didn't see each other after the ending of the first game. Well, the fourth game. But uh, uh, yeah, right, I mean, that, but that's but again, this is like in such a tight. This is like what I mean. Such a tight window of, of it feels like it shouldn't be canon, and it is. Uh, right, yeah, but I don't, I don't understand the problem. <laughs> what I'm saying that it's, what I'm saying is what I'm saying it's about. I'm kind of disappointed that you know but dancing all night. But see, keep... but what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Dancing all night is a very kind of like contained thing. It's it literally right. happens off the heels of Golden, right? And on top of happening off the heels of Golden, this TV world is functionally different just on every level than the other TV world. So it's not like the ones you see in Arena, and it's not like the one that they see in Golden. This one's I should remember that it existed and happened. But Lucio, if you and I if you and I got sucked into a TV world and the only way we could escape was to dance together, wouldn't you try and rep- <laughs> wouldn't you try and repress that memory? Wouldn't we never speak of that again? Doesn't that kind of get filed away under the, oh, yeah, the, like we just look at each other and nod sometimes because we remember, but like we're not going to, nobody's going to say anything. I'm sorry. The, the, the other thing is kind of like how it's not a huge deal that it, it destroys the franchise. I'm just kind of disappointed because one of the things that I liked about Arena was that it kind of contained, like it kind of wrapped up everything very nicely. Yeah, but this, so this is like, this is kind of like a, a, a side adventure. It's not supposed to have that much bearing on the plot. This is kind of like this is kind of like the thing, like hey, like it, you have to keep in mind the entire plot of dancing all night happens in one day. Like it happens literally in one night. When they say they're dancing all night, they're literally dancing all night. So they go in, beat up the shadows, figure out the baddie, all like in the course of of a single night, and then they're back, and it's like hey, let's go let's perform go in the festival. festival. They all just took a lot of tainted GHB, and they just don't fucking remember. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it, it's it's kind of framed as like a, a creepy pasta. So there's a new rumor. <laughs> if you watch this TV channel at like a certain time of night, um, and you're going to see this idol that's been dead, and, and then you're going to die. All right. So so it, it this is how it relates back to the rest of the plot. You remember apathy disease in Persona Three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. no. Well, Lucio, you remember apathy disease? I do. So apathy disease is kind of the thing that, um, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. None of this fucking matters. It's a fucking video game. 
That's true. Talk about, let's talk about Persona 5 being delayed. You guys heard about that? You did. So they were it's a fucking game about cat burglars. It's a game about cat burglars, and it got it got uh, it got delayed. So what's it up got with that? From us. What's the deal with that? Oh guys, guys. Do you think, guys, 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 do you think Sonic is gonna be a Persona in the Shut next up. Persona? I, so in, I was. I should hope so. I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to, forward to Persona 5 because so it was. was it was guaranteed to be one more game I would get to review this year that would not be terrible. Instead, I only have Syndicate and Tony Hawk 5 to look forward to. Oh, those are both going to be awful. So <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's, hey, come um, on now. Assassin's Creed will be great. It's looking really pretty, you know, for a Persona game. Like, I'm more impressed by the graphics. But, like, 3 was very functional at the time, and then 4 was just kind of a remix of 3. So 4 is looking a lot better. Um, I like the little associated style. I like the more kind of realistic character models. Uh, the characters look a bit more kind of mature and older, and I appreciate all mm-hmm. that shit. We don't know much about the gameplay or any of that other stuff right now. We, we've just seen how kind of fluid everything looks. They get to use guns now, which is exciting. They use guns for more than just shooting themselves in the head. Uh, like yeah, it really looks game. like so. It really looks very interesting. Yeah, and uh, I really like that they're what they're doing with the HD. Um, but yeah, that's all. I, that's all I really have to say on it. We don't know. We don't know too much else about it, other than they delayed it for what they feel um, is quality control, which I can't complain about. Yeah, I mean that's great. Um, I mean it's not that surprising, at least not to me, that they did it because we really haven't heard anything. So that's a lot of games that are being pushed back, and I mean I think in a way we expect it, but uh, Hitman is is being delayed until next year. Uh, and Star Fox is also being delayed until next year as well. But you say you say Star Fox needs it. I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, it, any amount of delaying is going to make it work. Um, or at least work for me. Maybe maybe it'll come out and people will be like, "Oh, I love that Star Fox," but uh, what I saw definitely wasn't wasn't doing it. <laughs> I was never too much into Star Fox. So. Um, and I'm trying to think of whether or not it was playable at PAX. Do you guys remember seeing Star Fox at PAX? No, it was all Mario Maker and Splatoon. Yeah, I think it wasn't even there. No, it wasn't so, there. At all. So, do you guys, you guys have any more Persona, Persona related questions? I don't think so. I feel like, like that dancing all night or five. I feel like I'm pretty satisfied with my Persona knowledge. I'm if, I'm sorry that like I, Sonic I got cut off. Persona, which one would it be? <laughs> the, uh, stop it! I I. I <laughs> I'm sorry that I couldn't get through Persona 4, Dancing All Night's entire storyline. Um, I, I, I will say that it's different from any other rhythm game I played. Uh, it's less complicated than Project Diva, but still harder than a lot of the Western games. Um, it's a new scheme to get used to hitting, but other than that, it looks good. So that's the other thing. Dancing All Night looks good, which is the same thing I could say for Persona 5. They both look good, like good games. They really use those graphics well, well it's such a step up from persona 4 it's amazing mm-hmm. um you know character models are really good now Naoto got pretty sexy and i i apologize to the um transgender community that they no longer get to use her because uh, uh she's embraced her womanhood she was never transgender though she was just no she was never no she was like she had she had some gender identity problems related to the fact she wanted society to take her seriously because she felt as a woman, as a girl, 
um, no one would take her seriously. So she, right. she had a bit of pe- penis envy there. So is Kanji still gay or is he still confused or what's going See, on? See, that's a, that's a thing. So Kanji seemed like he was gay and it seemed like Naoto fit what he was looking for in a boy. But now that Naoto has uh, grown out a little bit, he's more attracted to her than ever. So I don't think we can really say that anymore. What I do like about what I do like about it is this is like Kanji is like a naturally good dancer in Persona in Dancing All Night. That's all <laughs> where, where no one else is. <laughs> like it's just Kanji is like a surprisingly good good dancer. He's a, he's a natural at this stuff. So he does a uh, break dancer, right? I saw in the. That's nice. Yeah. He's, so that's the other thing I really like about it that I didn't actually get to say is that each each character has like a very kind of defined style and it looks like they actually looked at dance styles. Like, I played Project Diva, and all of it is that really dumb para-para style, which is just flailing your arms and looking like one of those huge, wacky, waving car dealership balloon things. Uh, but in Dancing All Night, it looks like, oh, yeah, they actually looked at real dancers. They actually looked at real videos of dancers. Everyone has a different style. So Kanji's got breakdancing. He's got a lot of street. He's got... He's a real, like, tough and has a lot of energy... And a lot of anger in his moves. Naoto has more of a kind of like a classical style. She throws in a bit of jazz. She throws in a bit of swing. Um, Rise does use power power, but she doesn't look like an idiot doing it. Like it actually looks pretty good. Especially if you give her like an Arabian costume and you see her little sleeves waving around and her belly dancing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's they did a good they did a good job with that. Like it's it's a it's a it's a compact package and it's a very short package. Like. You shouldn't buy it expecting to play ages and ages worth of story. And it's got a disappointingly small song track, which even with the DLC, it really doesn't expand it beyond 30 tracks. So that's that's pretty disappointing. But for what you do get, they did a really good job. Does the track list have the ultimate song? Boston's More Than a Feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. I can feel comfortable saying it doesn't. Well, that's not very. <laughs> so, All right, I, we wanted to about, moving on. We got to go fast. We wanted to about, <laughs> we wanted to talk about Konami, but first, yeah, we'll Konami. before we do that, let's. Um, I I want to uh, maybe just to mix up the flow a little bit. Let's throw back to uh, another uh, letter from a reader here. Uh, so our our next uh, letter comes to us from uh, Tyler, age nine, who asks, "Dear Sonic Talk, my older brother Chad says that Sonic used to go even faster than he is today." Is that true? Urban legend. When when he gets in his car to drive to, to his job, he goes really fast. Let me ask this. Let me ask this. Does uh, does Sonic go fast faster? No, I, already, I already asked this question. Never mind. I can't even remember. Sonic used to go really fast, but due to budget cuts, they had to slow him down. I feel like I feel like Sonic still probably goes um, maybe about the same speed uh, when he chooses to, but it seems as though most of the time he does not. Uh, need to go fast, and, and in fact, just needs to take like his Metamucil. You, you Sonic's know body fast. is ravaged with cancer. <laughs> you, you, you know what goes fast? Metal Gear Rising. Metal Gear Rising does go fast. How, how many so, hours have you played it? Like five? I, I haven't played. I haven't played that long. I only have two hours into it. Um, oh, so you're halfway there. It's done. Oh, am I really? You're pretty close. Yeah, I, I, I think the game is about five hours. It is yeah, short and sweet, and most of the cutscenes so, are skippable. I, last year, I had a bit of a disagreement with you guys. I did not think Rising was Game of the Year status, but I had very good reason for that. 
Um, and that's because basically what I was allowed to play at Rising, I was mocked and I just did not have a good time. And I decided to give it another shot. I decided to give it a, like a second chance and I got it on discount. Uh, some of the cutscenes that I watched on YouTube, I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty great. I'm going to try this out. And I've been having a really, really good time with it. And part of what makes it so appealing, in addition to just the gameplay, like the gameplay is pretty sweet, right? It's like it's like that platinum, everything's really fast, everything's really crazy, you're doing all sorts of like crazy shit. You cut a helicopter um, in half with a sandwich. What's what's right, not the first like? thing you do? The first thing you do is like you take what is literally the worst Metal Gear in the franchise. That's Metal Gear Ray, uh, because Metal Gear Ray was never a big deal, and you were always you find like five of them. You're basically like treating it like toilet paper. Um, and what Rising does is Rising realizes it's not a threat, and it just lets you shred one up with your katana, and it's like great. It's just the greatest thing ever. Uh, I love how the how the music is like contextual how it shifts with battle so you know the closer you are to beating a boss the more you'll get like lyrics and more instruments and all this kind of stuff so i've been having a great time really good time with the game but the best part is this the best part is that rising story is a little out there and it's a little (laughs) dumb (laughs) a little but but it knows I don't know. that at this point is it, it know, really that it, far it, out there? It knows it's, it knows that it's out there and it knows that it's dumb. Like it embraces that and it does not want you to treat it seriously. Have you right? You, have you like, rescued have the um, have you rescued the orphan brains yet? Yes, yes, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so, but it know it knows that it's like it knows that it's got like this crazy weird shit and it like totally embraces it and that's great and and I feel like the reason is like anything that Kojima but... does. It does like I just can't take it seriously. It's just more goofy overall. Um, I, I think I've mentioned it before, but there's a cut scene that I really enjoy where um, you're controlling like a robot or something, and it goes to plug in a USB drive, and it plugs it in backwards and has to <laughs> flip it and plug it in again. That's just just stupid little jokes like that. Like that's what um, that's what Metal Gear kind of lacks sometimes. Phantom Pain seems to have its share of gags, but. Phantom Pain has gags, but Phantom Pain has, like, the most... It's it's just such a... Basically, with Phantom Pain, I'm playing a Resident Evil uh, in terms of the storyline. That's what I'm playing, right? And it's really... It's it's not one of the good Resident Evils, either. Like, like Resident Evil has never had, like, the tightest story, but in, in terms of in terms of being, like, the story about about parasites and, and having this horror element, it's just, like, really dumb. So there's... There's one scene to, to spoil Phantom Pain. There's one scene where you go in and you enter this slaughterhouse and there's like just a ton of bodies everywhere. But every single body has like a headphone in its throat. And this headphone is attached to a cassette player. And I think you're supposed to kind of be like horrified by this. And I'm just laughing because it's so silly, right? Um, because Kojima has a point he's getting at about like language and, and this and that. But it's just like kind of, a really silly thing that wants me to take it seriously. So before the podcast started, we're talking about how how Tanami might make um, might continue the Metal Gear franchise with Kojima, which I think we always knew. They they were always talking about how Metal Gear will continue, uh, even if they don't have Kojima. Here, actually, I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you guys the I'll give you guys the exact uh, quotation here. So yeah. uh, there was a lot of speculation that that Konami was maybe going to get out of the games biz a little bit um, because they're they literally only have one other game slated uh, on their calendar, and that is Pro Evolution Soccer 2016, and that's which it. we need to talk about. 
Um, sure, yeah. Uh, so their their quote. So someone reached out to them and asked about this, and they said uh, it's still kind of vague, but they said, "I can promise you that we're definitely not leaving Metal Gear behind or anything like that." I know some blogs have been claiming this morning, uh, or have been claiming that online this morning, but I'm not really sure what they where they'd be getting that from. We're definitely working on console games and franchises such as Metal Gear, Silent Hill, Castlevania, PES, and all the rest. PES being Pro Evolution Soccer. Um, which means it will all be pachinko machines. Anyway... I mean, just I, console game. Uh, oh, okay. So anyway, console I'm not sure... And I'm ready to, to to defend this point, and I have three, I think, really strong examples. I am not sure that Metal Gear without Kojima is a bad thing. So he has his fanboys. I've had like some really dumb conversations with people like, oh, Kojima's a, a genius, and, and he's hidden scenes. And all. By the way, the one hidden scene in Phantom Pain uh, requires every player in the world to make sure every other player in the world does not have a nuclear weapon on their base, so I say, good luck with that, and then you just get a, a scene um, that basically says the same exact thing Metal Gear has been saying since day one, which is, nuclear weapons are bad. Uh, I don't know if it's actually been saying that anymore. Now so, it's kind of like, nuclear weapons are cool. It's a controversial statement. So anyway, anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I can name a ton of Metal Gear games by Kojima that I did not enjoy, either... Um, on a gameplay level, they, they usually kind of work, but they don't age very well. And the storyline, he's just like, the, the storyline is just like consistently kind of bloated. And, and it's a guy that just doesn't have any oversight. And he's allowed to go anywhere with the story. And that's what, how he ends up spending like these millions upon millions of dollars and burning through budgets and all this kind of stuff. And it's just not, like just from a story perspective, they're not functional. The characters I, I aren't real. It would be easier to list more... Or to list the games by Kojima that you do enjoy. It's a uh, 50-50 so, split. Yeah, know. it's kind of a 50-50 split. But every every non-Kojima Metal Gear I've played, I've, like, really enjoyed. Um, I, like, Acid, Acid's kind of, like, in the same slot of it didn't age that well, but Acid 2, Metal Gear Acid 2, um, I'm, I'm playing again, and I'm still having fun with it. Like, Acid 2 is another thing where it's kind of, like, they go somewhere else completely with the story, and so they're able to tell kind of a more succinct story, but their characters are more fun. So Venus is one of my favorite um, Ben Patels in the entire Metal Gear series, just in, in her portrayal, and she's kind of like classic Bond girl and all that kind of stuff. Um, for being a card game, the movement and the stealth and all that kind of stuff really works surprisingly well. Ghost Babble, which was produced by Kojima, but it wasn't directed by him. That still holds up really well, I think, as an alternative telling of Metal Gear Solid. Um, it's a good game because it's kind of restricted to that Game Boy gameplay. And because it needed to think a little simpler with the controls, it's aged better. And then here's Rising, which Kojima had to leave. And Rising, I'm having a fucking blast with. So, you know, given those examples, given those examples of, like, non-Kojima Metal Gears, it actually, I can't really ever name it being a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's less. It's I think it's less about. I mean, realistically, knowing what we know about Konami and all the decisions that they've made and the and the great things that they're doing with their <laughs> IPs, I, regardless of, I mean, maybe maybe not regardless of whether or not Kojima was there. But now that Kojima's not there and they can do whatever they want with Metal Gear, I mean, do you really think that it's going to go great? 
I mean, you know, and then here's the thing. It's like it's it's real. It's really easy for for Konami to take Metal Gear and go in the direction of you know, say, making it like another Call of Duty. Like this whole online nonsense is kind of their baby, and it does not work good, and it's not fully implemented yet, and it just forces a ton of PvP that no one really wants to engage in, and it sucks. And so it's really easy to see how Konami is going to fuck this up. Uh, and it's really easy to see how Konami has fucked up their other franchises. So I'm not saying Kojima leaving is a positive thing, but I'm not going to say the sky is falling over this, right? I'll wait and see, because so far, <laughs> Metal Gear has been better without him. Mm-hmm. All right, this is fair. Why do we have to have another Metal Gear? Let's just end the story. Like it's it's. But it's see, that's insane. the thing. That's kind of like the thing. I think I think you know. I think with Rising and Acid Two, and uh, and Acid, well, Acid Acid and Acid Two are actually different storylines. Uh, Acid Acid Two, Ghost Babel, and Rising, all of them are kind of like this individual non-canon story. And for some reason, Kojima is like really fucking in love with Solid Snake and even more in love with Big Boss, so he just insists... Let's get rid of them. They're done. He just They've told insists their story. on telling their story repeatedly. And anyone that's not Kojima will feel... You know, get to play Fast and the roles. Maybe it'll be a retcon, or maybe they'll introduce Jay, character. How is he going to tell you how Big Boss turned out bad? I want my Otacon <laughs> adventures. <laughs> Alright guys, let me pitch this at you, okay? Are you ready? Metal Gear High School... <laughs> Starring Sonic Snake. What do we think? Yes. I think that's basically I think that's basically Phantom Pain since you have to babysit teenage liquid snake. I think it seems like the best idea. Big boss is probably like the jock, right? And I mean, you know, you know, what, you know what's so funny? You know what's so funny is people Oh, oh guys. We won a prize. Guys, do you know what that sound means? I, it means I wasn't done with my thought, but go ahead. No, that, sounds, that sound actually means that it's time to play What Came First. Let's go ahead and get started. Oh, who wants to go first? Let's see. Uh, let's have Michael go first. All right, Michael. What, yeah, let's go first. What came first, Sonic or Tails? Sounds like a different question. In the hentai uh, lemon that I was reading, it was Tails. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna stick with the safe answer. I'm gonna say Sonic. Sonic is the right answer. Good job, Michael. All right. All right. Le- next up, Jay. Jay, who came first, Knuckles or Amy? Did Did you Did you like look at the list that we have for today's podcast and think to yourself, you know, we really need more Sonic? I, I have. I, we talked about this last week. We're rebranding as a Sonic podcast. I feel like you okay, guys don't even we, listen. We still haven't, people we still haven't talked about the scale. But you didn't. We still haven't talked about Mario Maker. Well, and so the sooner you tell me who yeah. came first, Knuckles or Amy, we can get to this game. Okay, Amy. You Amy are, came first. You are actually right. Amy came yes. first in Sega I, CD 1993. I, yes, but I know. I know Amy came first. Who's <laughs> it, Doug? That's good. Doug, Big the Cat or Shadow the Hedgehog? Uh, let's go with... Big Dick the Cat. Yep, in Sonic Adventure 1998. Wow, you guys are three for three. Lucio, to, to make it a perfect score, wrap us up here. We got Rouge the Bat or Silver the Hedgehog. Who came first? The Bat. Rouge the Bat. That's right, Rouge the Bat this wasn't even like, This was a hard game. Amazing, you guys did a great job. <laughs> I haven't even played any Sonics in Sonic 2. And I got this. Okay, how about this? How about one for you? Who, who came first? 
Was it Espy or Cream the Rabbit? Oh God, gross. Um, <laughs> probably, probably Espy. Yep, that's correct. Yep. Oh, I'm, God, I'm so good. I'm so, so ashamed that we got a perfect score. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, are we so done with this, this Derek? This? I have a better game. I have, I have a better game. I actually invented it this evening. Today, I'm browsing through the news, and I read that uh, Florida man, he was having intercourse with his girlfriend. He was having sexual relations with her. His girlfriend uh, cries the name of her ex twice during sex. Oops. And this guy, in a fit of rage, he, he, he throws his fist up into her, and he rips her intestines out. Isn't that the- a Metal Gear thing? That's it, right, right? Oh, right. It's like a metal, it like feels like it feels like I'm playing metal it feels like that article is like Metal Gear Rising. So how about this? How about turning a video game premise into a Florida man title? Oh, like a Florida man gets in a plane crash and then goes to an underwater city where everyone's <laughs> <Yeah>. addicted to <laughs> drugs. <laughs> exactly. Um how about let's see, let me let me think. Florida man has to go fast. <laughs> Florida man must go fast and save all the chaos emeralds that have been stolen by an echidna. Well, this is so like a headline. Though. Florida man takes bath salts and starts throwing birds at things. That sounds. <laughs> oh. Uh, let me see. I have some good ones from when we were playing this afternoon. Were we uh, I had. Uh, is this I, a thing I had, we were playing? I, I had. I had Florida man uses concealed knife to stab politician. Claims secret society made him do it. Florida man eats placenta, claims he grants a mice. Wait, these are video <laughs> games? True, though. Yes, That's these true. are video games. You, 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 were, were you never granted ice, Jared? I guess not. So, so Florida, okay, so oh, Florida you didn't man, play Bloodborne? Florida man, Florida man didn't you review it for the site? Florida man puts it, no, Jay reviewed it, didn't he? No. Oh, wait, I no. did. I don't remember. Yeah, you, you reviewed it. I so Florida man, Florida man uses concealed knife to stab politician playing secret society made him. That's Assassin's Creed. Oh, Florida man puts on mask becomes Goron. <laughs> no. <laughs> how about how about Florida man breaks into someone's house, breaks all their pots and blows up their wall. There you go. <laughs> that actually sounds like a totally real <laughs> article that could well, definitely. That's the, point. That's, the, that's the point of the game. You're supposed to make it sound like a real Florida man. Uh, headline, but you're supposed to use a video game. Uh, I think I'm getting it. All right. Florida man. Chinese woman sets her on fire. Florida man discovers a portal on Mars that sends him to hell, and he has to shoot a bunch of demons. (laughs) You know what? You you nailed it. Let's let's, let's move on. So (laughs) you want to talk about a soccer game no one cares about, Lucio? I don't want to talk about the soccer game itself. I want to talk about what Konami did to the support of the soccer game. What did they do? So Konami released the game on Steam, right? Pro Evolution Soccer 2016. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it was already out. I thought it was just scheduled. I know that soccer is very important for you, so I'm surprised that you don't know that it was out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just have so many other soccer games that I'm playing, such a I backlog know. that I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so they released Pro Evolution Soccer, right? Um, so what they did is instead of giving Steam and the PC the actual um, PS4 and Xbox One version, they gave him the downscaled PS3 and Xbox 360 version. Nice. So once this came out and the negative reviews started to roll in, 
what they did was um, they created a bundle on Steam with one game on it. So if you check the bundles in Steam, the user reviews aren't there. Oh, so clever. Right, so they basically avoided the negative reviews for creating the bundle, and then they put screenshots and and videos from the PS4 version. Nice. This is a this is a great way to fuck people because <laughs> n- no one's ever going to find out, you know, or or even if they do, like they're not going to care. Um, so man, props to them. <laughs> so yeah, that's easy. Uh, Konami, that, that's uh, you know who's in charge of Metal Gear now. I like it. Konami, the people's champ. Jay, did you want to talk about Disgaea? 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 How do you say it? Uh, I think you can go with either or. They never like said it. It's either Disgaea or Disgaea. What is Disgaea about? So no. it's, it's, it's what it's been about for the past. I wonder you're 10, in charge, Jerry. Years, 12 years, 13 years. Uh, <laughs> now, has anyone here played a Disgaea? I, I actually, I have. I actually I have. a little bit of the first. All right. So, so Doug has. I know Lucio has. Michael, Jarrett? Nope. No yeah. Disgaea. All right. Well, I mean, so if you play the first, you play the first one, it's basically going to look identical to that. The, the the series has changed very little over the years, and I played all five installments, and I actually played all of their spinoff titles, and and everything just plays like so similar. It's like, some, like so, you, so you hate this game? So you're telling us? I don't hate it. I, it's just it's just <laughs> kind of like stagnated. It's like. Um, it, you know, you know what you're saying about Metal Gear. How you were saying like there's no place else for the story to go, and how like the big boss story has been told into the ground. At the very least, the scale has that that they tell a new story each time. So there's at least that, right? So at least if you buy it, you know this is going to be totally separate. It's not a bunch of like Kingdom Hearts bullshit of having to keep track of of 50 million different relationships and connections, and this one being. A phantom of that one, and and the shadow, and the nobody of this this guy, all that kind of stuff. So there's at least a new new story each time, but at the same time, Disgaea is then set up by the quality of the story, since the the gameplay doesn't really budge. It's not even like the Tales series. Like the Tales series, I could say is an RPG. Um, their gameplay looks similar, but they try something very different each time. So each game. Feels like it's in the kind of kind of the same franchise, but it feels different enough that it's like okay, this is worth my money, or okay, they tried something new. Uh, Disgaea doesn't really do that. Disgaea just kind of it just kind of slightly changes systems or throws in old systems. So 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 to put it very bluntly, to put it very simply, Disgaea is a strategy RPG. You have your units, you select them from a panel. Um, you can bring up to eight. I think it's up to eight units. It might be eight or twelve. Up to eight, eight or twelve units up to the field. Uh, you can switch them out any time by, by by bringing them back to your home base and throwing in a new one. So the gameplay is a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre. However, it plays a lot faster, a lot looser. Um, you can do much much bigger numbers in terms of damage. It, the point is, you're, at, you're you're kind of playing like an anime. So they'll have all all this like crazy over the top Dragon Ball Z type shit that they'll perform, uh, and it's really entertaining. It's really like fun to watch. It's just that the butt the series like the needle the needle on the series moves so little over each edition. It's kind of like yeah, whatever at this point. It's it's just not that thrilling. So 
Disgaea 4, I like that game a lot based on its story and characters. Uh, it, it had like a really, a really kind of fun story, of kind of fun over the top. We're going to take over the world. And then while we're taking over the world, we're going to take over heaven and we're going to take over the universe and just do all this shit. And the characters were great. The characters were a lot of fun. So you had an angel down from heaven who stole shit from people because uh, heaven had like a deficit and she figured she could steal from demons and pay off the deficit. So I had a lot of fun stuff like that. The scale of five's characters aren't like as fun. In fact, they feel a bit more stereotypical. Um, so you have your girl who is very narcissistic and she thinks everyone's in love with her and she can make boys fall for it instantly. And you have a guy who's just a pure meathead um, so they're not, like, as fun. It's not like, oh, a thief from heaven. That's, like, entertaining. The Disgaea 5 characters are just kind of, in whatever. <laughs> but they do make a couple of changes to the combat that I'll say is necessary. Like, the biggest problem with Disgaea, uh, since day one, is your, is your, like, kind of storyline characters will be overpowered compared to everyone else. So there's no reason to create your own units. There's no reason to customize your own unit. Because eventually you're going to have an RPG party that's just... Uh, functions so well in itself that you don't need to bother with anyone else. So it feels like a lot of that customization is kind of wasted, right? Um, I'll give a good example. Let's say I, I had um, I had a magic knight in the first Disgaea, and the, and the magic knight is a is a big busty girl. Uh, she has her sword and she can cast any magic. And what I did is I took a dragon, I took this dragon, I reincarnated the dragon into a magic knight. And now I had, like, this super powerful woman uh, who used to be a former dragon. And it was really cool, but there's no point in using her because the storyline gave me a more powerful character just a little while later. <laughs> to scale 5, the characters aren't as overpowered. Like, the, the, the main characters aren't as overpowered. They get a few special limit breaks, a few special techniques. They get a few special combo attacks. But, like, they're one of their mill, mill uh, powers, their regular stats, all that kind of stuff. They don't trump your army. So your army now it feels like it's, it's more necessary. And it feels like you're getting more bang out of your, from your butt for customizing your army. And there's more stuff to do in order to grow the power of your army. So you have something called the character world in which you can bring out special abilities. And that part I like because, you know, in, in strategy RPGs, I like crafting my unit that feels like, oh, I created this, this, this thing that feels like it can dominate the field and it wasn't just given to me by the game. So if you're me... And you've never played one of these before. But I do like tactics RPGs. Like Fire Emblem is a big favorite of mine. Um, e even back to Final Fantasy Tactics or like Vandal Hearts or those kind of games. Um, if you've never played it before, is this like a good time to try it? Or is it just... I, I think I think any Disgaea is a good time. I think it, I think 5 is better than most. Like I, uh, Story-wise, 2 and 3 were kind of like the lowest point. Um, for the game, uh, story-wise, graphics-wise, just everything, two and three were kind of the lowest points. Four was probably my favorite, but five, five is a, as decent a point as any to come in. It's it it still plays. Um, I didn't realize that you had played them all. That's uh, or at I least I was a pretty like, like you know I was a I was a big Final Fantasy fanboy growing up. And, no, and then Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy became just like utterly disappointing and and not fun to play. And as I was looking for new RPGs, here comes this up and comer Nippon Ichi, and they're releasing something new and something fresh. And Disgaea was like very fresh. It was a very kind of different kind of premise. Uh, you're kind of playing the bad guy, and then they just have all these other 
strategy RPGs. Like, they have Phantom Brave, and they have Makai Kingdom um, that are coming out about the same time. And it's like, oh, okay, Nippon Ichi is going to dethrone Final Fantasy and be the next great thing, and they're not going to milk their franchise at all. Um, I'm going to continue to stay fresh and original. So, How does that work out? <laughs> work out. Uh, uh, so five. It seems like it could be a lot worse. It, yeah, yeah it, could, it could be a lot worse. So, is that a challenge? You know, what what this game does, which is which is nice, um, is it actually does have an ongoing plot, but the ongoing plot is kind of for the post game, and the post game is where you're going to be able to recruit characters from previous games and and characters from their other franchises. Um, but it doesn't really have that much bearing on their story, and 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 similarly. The storyline for the post game is usually something kind of um, um, tailor created for that game. So there's nothing where you're going to be lost. And so, but the main campaign, like the the first twelve or thirteen episodes that you play to it, the scale, it's going to be a completely 100% original story. It's just to find a place of as any to kind of jump in. You're going to, it, and it explains everything. Like there's a tutorial for everything. It's not like you're going to come in here and be completely confused as to what to do. In fact, I had to skip a ton of tutorials because I knew it all. Um, and it was just wasting my time after a certain point, but it's, um, it, it's good. It's not going to like for you. I think my personal favorite is four. Um, I do like what, it depends on what you get out of tactics games because while I really like the cast to four and I didn't like five's cast that much, I like in five that my army feels more important, I guess is the right word for it. Um, and that's what but, I usually go for is like the customization yeah. kind of aspect. So I would rather yeah, I would rather play a group of like like story characters are great, but I'm you always get more attached to like that guy that you made. Yeah, exactly. I remember, you know, I in in uh, the scale of 5 for some reason I really like the thief class even though it's not a particularly powerful class. Um it's just it's just fun and cute to have a work around this little like cat girl who uh runs around with her, her weird sayings and um so I, I like taking a thief, and I like reincarnating her. So there's a ton of ways to to strengthen your characters. So the first one is reincarnation. Uh, reincarnation basically resets them to level one, but it caches in a ton of experience points um, that you've been gaining. So a level one reincarnated character is better than like a level 20 non-reincarnated character, for example. You get the item world, which the item world lets you improve the items that they can use. So you can send them into like you can go into the item world of a gun. Fight your way up uh, to this gun's specialties, make it stronger, give the gun to to your thief, for example. Uh, then you can now there's a character world, which plays out kind of like a board game that you can use to make the character more, more powerful. Uh, there's a shop where you can buy special stats and special skills for said character. So um, you know, and there's like a, some cute little cosmetic stuff. So there's like a, the the personality. You can choose your personality. I I, I decided to give my priest. Uh, the personality of a pregnant woman. So now she's desperate to get married and have a husband and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of like customization that's both. Um, how, how do how do qualities like that play out on the battlefield? They don't. I mean, I mean, they'll just say they'll they'll say they'll they have they'll have like special sayings. You know, they'll, they'll, so um, uh, one of my most memorable is my Valkyrie, who I guess I gave her something like the try hard personality. Um, so she's like terrified of the battlefield. So every time you use her to go and attack an, an, an enemy, she'll say something like, oh, I'm scared. Um, so it's a cute little thing. But in terms of their special skills, those 
those will have a deeper impact. Like that'll be something like they can take the stronger hit, or the, the uh, magic will be more powerful. Stuff like that. Um, so it's 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 like great. It's it's a great series if you really like that unit customization. And it always has been. It's just that the story characters have always been naturally stronger than the um, than the recruitable characters. So there's no point in the past and in this game. Um, it feels like there's a lot more importance on it. Like, I, I don't know about you, but my favorite thing that I've ever done in Final Fantasy Tactics is I challenge myself to make a Geomaster that didn't suck in that game. Mm-hmm. So I took her through, like, a bunch of career paths um, on both, like, the magic angle and the physical angle. And, um, you know, she still wasn't as good as a lot of the other units kind of naturally, but it... it it, it felt good. It felt like, oh, I created this thing now that can go and trash the battlefield and be in my final party. Um, and I really put in the work to that. And, and Diskea is that kind of like times a million because you, there are just like all sorts of options for the units you get to create. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, that's been something that I feel like is missing a lot when I play a strategy game. Is like, I like this character, but I wish they were pregnant. I just think that in most games. I think strategy games on a whole have been missing because I can't think of very many that have come out recently. Yeah, um, I think that's true. Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem Awakening. Yeah, Fire the Emblem. Whole point, the whole point was getting people pregnant in that game. Um, XCOM. I mean, it didn't have pregnancies, but it's a strategy game. Should we... Um, <laughs> I know it feels like we're running long, but keep in mind, I have to cut out like 20 minutes where we had to find the Echo, so... Um, Michael, we, Dick. Should we should we uh, talk about Mario Maker a, a tidbit? Nope, you Lucio? did, Lucio? Sure, let's make Mario's. <laughs> so, um, it's been out for a while now. I've been playing have, have, it. Have you have you and Lucio played each other's stages yet? We actually haven't. Uh. Um, but I have played a lot of other people's stages. <laughs> some some friends, some enemies. Um. Some of them are better than others. So the way that it works is there's there's like the course editor and then there's um there's what they call like is it is it course world or something like course that? World, yeah. And so if you go into course world, that's where you can uh, view the top rated courses. You can view the users who have the most stars. Um, the it's Nintendo, so there's no way to like search for your friend. So you can't you can't like search no. for your friend's name or something like that. The only way to uh, to exchange information or or levels with a friend is using the course ID, which you get when you upload a level that you create, and it's like this big long twenty digit number uh, that you can that you can give to them and. Only after you play one of their levels can you add them and follow them and see all their other stuff. So it's about as cumbersome as you would expect from Nintendo. But I don't know about you, Lucio, but most of my time, like I explored the top uh, levels quite a bit, but most of my time has actually been spent in the 100 Mario challenge. Have you messed around with that at all? Yeah, and that's because you can unlock the skins for the characters using it. Yeah, so the uh, the hundred Mario challenge is exactly what it sounds like. They give you a hundred lives uh, to beat eight randomly chosen levels, and they're separated into easy and normal. Well, you have to specify that it's eight randomly created user levels. Right, right, because there's also the because, ten Mario challenge. Right. Which is Nintendo stuff. Which are Nintendo official levels uh, that you can do as well. But you only get 10 lives for that. And that one doesn't reward you with uh, yeah. character skins for beating them. 
And this is significant because, uh, as we were discussing before in in the chat, some of the user levels are ridiculous, uh, and not in a good way. <laughs> so I think everybody here has seen the video of the uh, Bon Voyage stage. Yes, I was going to bring that one is, up. Right. I, I that one is actually really good and it's really well crafted. Yeah, Most of really the really clever. hard levels in Mario Maker aren't that way. <laughs> and you're, you're probably not going to... like so, so the 100 Mario Challenge has it separated into uh, easy or normal that you can choose before you go into it. And, and most of the easy levels are like very, very trivial for the most part. I've encountered a few that were tough. Uh, have, you, have you guys like just like until dawn, have you run into any of the don't touch anything stages yet? Oh, yeah. There's a ton. Right. There's, I think that's more common. That's the easiest way to get uh, stars for your levels too. Yeah. To make almost stage. It seems to be what impresses people the most. And so you, you do see them pretty commonly. Um, there was actually one where it was uh, it was a don't touch anything level, but the creator was in was Japanese. And so we couldn't read the title. So we didn't realize it was a don't touch anything <laughs> level. And let me tell you, those are really fucking hard to beat when you, you something. when you touch things. When you, when you touch something. So I would imagine so. So we spent like 20 minutes on it and couldn't get through it. And then um, we I noticed like kind of a pattern. And I was like, wait a minute, don't push anything. And then we went through the entire level in one there, uh, there was one where it was don't, don't touch any mushrooms. And he said it was impossible to clear with touching a mushroom. But I, I touched one and I was able to finish it. So I sent the guy a, a post. Let me ask this. Um... It's like like a slight tangent, but Jared, did you ever actually lose a don't touch anything challenge in until dawn? Uh oh, like a like a hold still. Yeah, yeah, I lost those all the time. <laughs> Usually because I didn't know it was coming, and so I'm moving the. Keep in mind, I have two dogs, and they're jumping on me all the time. So yeah, and there's no like you warning. Know, it's no like three, two, one, hold still. Yeah, it's just like it's just like don't hold still. It's like actually surprisingly easy to lose those because I feel, I feel at, like at first at first I thought like the don't move would script it like I thought there was some where oh it says don't move but you move anyway um, but it turns out they're not it turns out none of them are scripted and it turns out even if you're like breathing even if it catches like a, a minute little shake in your hand it will register as you moving and well, I, fuck you up i was so pissed off by him that i set the controller down for one of them and it vibrated and set it and off then it, yeah it, it sets off right <laughs> it's like it's like asshole-ish but anyway back to mario maker so uh so mario maker stars everyone's favorite uh uh super mario his his name is super mario and um and you make you make the level do you have all the parts lucio yeah i finished unlocking them today. They get really weird, don't they? Like, yeah, but it, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, especially when you start looking at the sounds and the, it's like... The last, like, two tiers start to get really strange. So, like, you, you start out of the game and it's like, oh, you unlocked it so you can make it look like Super Mario 3. Um, but then you get to like the fifth and sixth tiers and it's like, oh, you unlocked it so that a rave will break out while Mario's running. Yeah. Or, um... <laughs> what? Yeah, like yeah. like a straight up like a straight up like lasers sh- shooting all around, um, and, and like heavy techno music playing, and like the world that you get. There's a mushroom that you can find that makes Mario really like lurpy. And, Is Princess yeah. Peach in the corner, high off Molly. 
Dude, there's some weird shit going on in this game. Um, yeah. I don't well, have the me, I don't have this. the cat pie yet, but I'm curious about let, that. Let me ask this: Have you guys unlocked your Sonic skins yet? I did. So how often do you play as Sonic? Um, almost never. Uh, we we made you some. You know what are really popular are the uh, Metroid levels. We made some levels for a uh, nephew, our nephew, and um, we asked because he I don't he's he probably doesn't even have any amiibo, so we we asked like what are his favorite. Um, you know characters and we'll, we'll make a level with that character in it and he said sonic and so we we made we did make him a sonic level um and then he said uh uh splatoon was his next favorite but i didn't want to open my splatoon amiibos so <laughs> what, a, what a good uncle you are yep <laughs> let the history books show <laughs> <laughs> that i am great <laughs> so yeah but anyway, um, we haven't had a I like, chance I like to... That you, I like so, that you like have the ultimate purpose of your amiibo and you don't utilize it. I unlocked a, a bunch of them, but there are some that I'm just that I haven't opened yet. And I probably will, realistically. But there's still a part of me that's like, man, you could... There's, there's still a part of me that's like, Jared, someday you could sell all these amiibo and have sex again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm holding on to that dream just a little bit. I, I think it's more. I I recently saw a story where in divorce divorce court, this couple had no assets to divide up, so they were forced to divide up their beanie babies. I'm feeling like that's going to be more your scenario. I mean, that would actually work out in my favor because I would get them all. So, <laughs> uh, so that that actually that's all a man needs is amiibos. I don't need anything. I just need these amiibos. <laughs> But so, how do you you you've talked a little bit, Lucio, in the chat about your kids? They they have found the game to be enjoyable. Oh yeah, it's the new favorite thing. So they're they're playing a lot of because um because my nephew who has the game, uh he he doesn't live in the states, so we've been just playing over the internet. But he sent us one of his levels, and like he had so many parts. Like just the third day of the game <laughs> being out, he had so much stuff that I haven't even unlocked in a week of playing. Um. So yeah, obviously uh, it resonates with the children a bit. Yeah, and and they made this they make this horrific Kafkaesque uh, death traps that you can possibly escape. Uh, <laughs> so no, just throw everything in there. Is it, like, up, is it like are you, is it set up so that you get into the trap but you don't realize it until you're there? I mean, just getting into the level is getting into a trap. <laughs> Because they just throw everything at you at once. So in order, at one point, at one point my, my my youngest son wanted to upload his level, and I told him, "Look, you, you can't upload your level because it's impossible to finish, uh, and you need to to finish it in order to to upload the level." So of course, uh, you know, like the asshole he is, he made a door right at the beginning of the level that teleports you right to the end, so you just jump on the flag and win. <laughs> Instead of fixing it. And there are so many levels like that. There are so many in the easy mode where, like, they... I, I don't know how to describe it, but they've obviously just forgot. Or, or like, I don't know. They've, like, created something like, really cool and then they couldn't beat it. And so they just put in a shortcut. Yeah, they put, like, a like a Lakitu cloud so you could just, like, go over it. So here, here's, here's, the thing, here's the thing that I'm looking forward to. Cause I've been, like, back and forth on whether or not I want to Wii U. Um, and so Splatoon pushed me a little towards it. Mario Maker might push me a little to- more towards it. 
So my favorite thing in uh, Smash Brothers Brawl was creating a fighting stage level named Spikes and Springs. And there was absolutely nothing else on this level but Spikes and Springs, and you would have to figure out how to fight each other on this level uh, while you're bouncing around and avoiding spikes, and I don't think anyone ever actually won that level naturally. But I am very much looking forward to recreating that in Mario Maker. And, oh, you, can definitely and you definitely can. As soon as, as soon as you can beat it to upload it, you can do pretty much whatever the fuck you want. And people do. There's, I play one that was based on Pac-Man today. There was a level that went up today that uh, that bomb guy made. And um, in order for him to upload it, he has to beat it. And it took him nine hours to beat his own <laughs> level. <laughs> And he did, he did it on like a Twitch stream and then he finally beat it and uploaded it. So that's out there now so that we can all enjoy it. Um, I don't think I'm going to bother. Yeah, I'm not that much into the game, it. I, like making, I, I, made, uh, I made four levels. The game is pretty generous in that it allows you to skip a level if you're, if you're stuck. Um, like, so you can, comp- but that's part of the problem is you can do the hundred Mario challenge and basically just hold down the minus sign and skip every level in it and then get your character skin. No, no, no. You, if you skip levels, they don't count towards 16. Uh, I skip, I know that I've been able to skip at least one level and get a skin. You can skip levels, but you still have to beat 16. You still have to beat 16. Right. Oh, it's eight. You have to beat eight. Well, maybe it's 16, 16 for normal. Is 16 if you're nor- yeah, normal or an expert. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. Maybe I just didn't notice that it had me do another one. But I- right. So what it does is replaces it with a new one. Mm, okay. Which I, can, I, have, I have done it, especially because I unlocked Extreme for um, the Mario Challenge or Expert. I forgot what it is. Uh, and like I, I got into a level and seen like what the guy made, and I was like, nope. I'm noticing that Michael and Doug have gone pretty quiet, and I think that's because you're not describing enough Sonic. Um, that's there are no many Sonic levels. Yeah, I mean there there is a Sonic level in like the top ten. Um, it has a loop, but you can't the the physics aren't there to get you through the loop. I mean, yeah. loops so, are good, but how sexy is it? I think you just have to jump over it. Yeah, are there any... Are there it's any actually doubles, kind of a, a nice metaphor for how like Sonic is yet? doing, because right now what you have is a Sonic that can go fast stuck in a Mario game, while his own franchise keeps... But, really sitting and I, I haven't but, seen anything any... sexual yet. Okay, so there's no level. Yeah, that's like true. Movies. I haven't seen like any levels. Um, I have seen. Your... I have seen just like some fucked up stuff. Like there's this level like that what? I got into. It was called "You Can't Save Him," and it's a <laughs> it's a level that you jump into, and you're on like this raised platform, and you can see underneath you there's a turtle, and the turtle walks along the level as you do, and then at the very end, when you get to the flag, the turtle falls into some lava. And there's, there's no way, there's no way to get down to the turtle. Like, he just dies no matter what. That's like, that's like some fucking like, like nightmare shit right there. It's a little dark to like see that. And like as you, there's this sound effect you can do. It's a heartbeat sound effect where it's like boom, boom. So as you walk, they've placed those. So you're walking is boom, 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 and then and then the turtle dies. And then you grab the flagpole, and he's like, "Aha, Mario number one!" <laughs> kind of ruins everything. There's one. Uh, there was one where, in order to win, um, to, to pass the level, you had to like press this uh, P switch, which changes everything into uh, coins. And then, like right next to you, they put like uh, a Yoshi 
in a box of coins. <laughs> so when you press the button, it falls into the lava. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that sounds about right. Yoshi gotta die because I got to get paid. Exactly. <laughs> um, what's your favorite level been so far? Um, it, it was a really good Metroidvania level that I played. That actually had like Metroidvania elements to it, where like you needed to you know you go to this place and you get this power up, and you need to open up this place to get that power up, and so forth. So it was pretty good. I went and played the game with um with my wife and her brother and his wife. And we came across this level in the 100 Mario challenge uh, in easy mode that none of us could beat. Like it was just this really hard level where you're running from Bowser and he's in his little like uh, uh, helicopter machine or whatever. And he's spitting fire at you. Is that called? He's going to get you. I don't even know what it was called. I I'll never even be able to find it again, but it was my favorite in that moment because we couldn't beat it. And we got so into it. Where, like, every time we'd get just a little further, we'd be yelling at the TV and everybody, like, don't fucking die, don't die. And so, like, it just got everybody, like, really amped up and excited. And uh, that was a great feeling. Like, that's something that you don't really get a lot in games anymore sometimes. So, it was a good community experience. You know, you know what? Um, I remember. Game could get you that if they continue to release new editions of it Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. Two? Yeah. Remember, uh, one of my favorite parts was um, the, the one of the first levels I played, the, somebody put like this gigantic Bowser, because you can make the, the enemies bigger by feeding the mushroom, right? And then on top of them, they put like one of those homing turrets and wings. So, <laughs> it's flying Bowser with like, <laughs> with, with a homing turret shooting bullets at you. So my, it's basically uh, Mecha Godzilla. There's, there's definitely some... You can really go nuts with the enemies. Um, there, You can get that wizard guy and you can make him ride a turtle. And then, <laughs> yeah, and, then if you, and then if you put wings on the turtle, he's just like... It's a fucking death trap. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. He's basically a boss character. So there's a lot of messed up stuff like that. But it's really good. It's super solid. And uh, I, we've probably spent... I don't have even close to all the pieces... Um, but I, I feel like I've probably spent maybe 10 to 15 hours with the game, and uh, I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface. I have to what, say, I'm what, what, what level have you guys played that made you hate being alive? I don't think... I mean, there, there, there's a lot of those. If, if, they, if, they come, if I come across one, we'll just skip it, and like, it's yeah, fine for the most part. Um, that level I was talking about earlier is the one that we definitely played the most and we couldn't beat it. By the end, we had lost like 40 lives to it and we're like, we can't continue doing this or we'll lose. So we just finally skipped it. Um, but so I guess that one. So it's my favorite and my least favorite simultaneously. I have to say, though, I'm, I'm really surprised of how they managed to keep it simple and still make it flexible. Uh, because you can do a lot of things with a creator, but it's not super complex like... You know, if you get the Shadowrun editor, it's a pain in the ass to learn, and you know you you have to really dedicate time to it. This is something that you can the kid can just jump into and put stuff on, and it will work. There was you might not be able to finish it, but it will work. There was a weird moment I had with the game when we were playing it at uh, at my wife's family's place, where they had a family friend over who was blind, and um. 
she was asking us to like describe this game to her and she had no idea like what super mario is or anything like that and um boy that is a tough one to describe <laughs> like just to explain what's what's, what's, what's uh, tough to describe about a fat italian plumber who right. goes to a magical mushroom kingdom where he fights dinosaurs and you get to create levels for him. Right. And she's hearing us talk about it like like a a, a, a fire flower um, or, or, you know, the, the flower guys that shoot fireballs. Um, one yeah. of them, one of them like pops out of a pipe and he's got wings and he slowly descends back down to the pipe. And so I'm like, oh, shit, that fire guy has wings. And she's like, what is that? Like, what does that even mean? What are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, you it's quite like, a dilemma. You like like you act like it's um hard to explain to someone when they imagine that back in the 90s yeah i mean it's just it's hard i think it's hard to explain anyway um you know i mean but it's extra hard to yeah but if if, if john john leguizamo could do it you could do it john leguizamo um you know funny enough i've been i've been reading uh console wars the book about the sega genesis and super nintendo and kind of the battle they had. And just a, right. just a fun fact for you guys, the Super Mario movie, when it was being made, uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo hated working on it so much that they began to drink on set. <laughs> and, that explains a lot. And John, it actually got bad enough that John Leguizamo wound up crashing a car with, with Bob Hoskins in it. And uh, Bob was injured badly enough that he had to wear a cast for the remainder of the movie. And I guess you can like see it in some shots of the movie. <laughs> oh my god! So there's your fun Super I, Mario I, trivia. I, I, you know, I, I think we all know why the movie didn't win an Academy Award, but I'm curious as to what made it so nightmarish to work on. I, I don't know the specifics. They talk a lot about like the directors and the number of times that it changed hands and like the vision that they had for it, which is. I mean, just if you hear them describe the vision and what they were going for, like they nailed it. They did exactly what they were going for. <laughs> uh, but they, the problem is that they just never should have been going for that. So, like, also, they had so Yamauchi. They, wa- the they wanted like a dark dystopian <laughs> Mario realistic future, and they got exactly that, and it didn't work in any way whatsoever. Wait, was that was the, was that the future they were in? I don't know. I, like I mean, I guess, I guess not. Go watch it again. Don't, I thought it was like an alternate reality. Don't the Twin Towers disappear in the end? I mean, yeah, Earth, that all along. <laughs> I think they do. Bastards, you blow it up. Anyway. Um, we're, probably getting, yeah. we're probably getting close to time. Well, um, let's end with this. What is your favorite Sonic the Hedgehog character? Well, actually, I was thinking, here, we, let's finish with our last piece of reader mail, because we have one more, um, <laughs> and then maybe we can talk about, we can talk about our Sonic. We'll sign off with our favorite Sonic characters. So uh, this last piece of reader mail comes to us from Camden, age 29, and he says, Hello, Sonic Talk. In the title sequence of the 1999 cartoon Sonic Underground, there are a number of clips with clean Alina crying. However, one of these clips is played backwards. This is obvious as the tear goes up her face. And that's not really a question. That's just the letter. Thank you, Camden. Yeah, because you were actually really watching her pain play out of me a lot. She did not like being animated in that show. People in Sonic World, they cry inside. Their tears go in them. Um, guys, I don't think, I don't think rebranding to a Sonic podcast worked. 
I no. liked it. Just can't. Yeah, so I thought, I thought it worked great. You know, you interrupting with it every fucking five minutes. Just candidly, I don't think it was a good idea. I think that it didn't go oh, well. Oh, really? Um, okay. So, so was, clearly what we need to do next is obvious. Let's, let's, at least, let's at least answer my question. Favorite Sonic character? Go. No, no, no. Before we go, we need to announce a new rebranding, which is going to be uh, Shackdown Podcast. Yeah, Shaq, a Shaquille O'Neal podcast. Okay, that's fine. Shackcast. So go ahead. Favorite Sonic character? Uh, I would say probably um, probably Tails. And I say that because Tails is the... No, actually, let's say Knuckles. Because Knuckles is the last Sonic character that you saw before everything went to shit. <laughs> like, he's the, last, he's the last fond memory that I have of Sonic. So, good job, uh, Knuckles. Okay. Uh, Michael? I'm going to say... Andy. Snip- and he can climb walls. Sorry, just had to interject. Or Snively? Snively? Uh, yeah. Who's... Snively's, Snively's a good choice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows who Snively was, right? I have no, no idea no, what no, you're fucking no, talking no, about. He was, he, no was, he, was Robotnik's, he was Robotnik's right Don't hand tell man. Them. Oh, from the yeah, cartoon. But at, the, at the very end of the cartoon, he becomes like the evil mastermind. He like betrays, you know, after after Robotnik disappears, he, he gets like a cloak and evil red eyes. And he's like, ah, it's my turn now. <laughs> Man, those were the days. All right, Doug, what's your favorite Sonic character? Uh, my favorite Sonic character is none of them because Sonic sucks. Cool. All right. But say that the Sonic Nipples the enchilada. all right that's a good that's as good of an ending point as as we can ask for all right well if you enjoyed sonic talk hey i didn't i didn't get to say mine oh that's right who is your favorite Uh, princess takao i don't feel like i don't feel like you guys are being genuine like i feel like i I gave a real genuine answer all night long (laughs) she's like she's like princess of of an aztec kingdom who cares if she was an echidna I'd hit that. Yeah. All right. Well, if you enjoyed Sonic Talk tonight, I would encourage you to send us an email. We're at contactedenemyslime.com. You can go follow our podcast on iTunes. Uh, make sure that you go check out our Twitter and Facebook. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Uh, I think we'll probably go back to being a regular old podcast next week. Uh, so if this upset you, don't worry. It was just this time. And I think with that... It was a prank. It was just a prank. I think with, no, you can't be mad. <laughs> with that, my friends, in the words of the immortal Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, may you always go fast. And Open your heart and you will see. Open your heart and you will see. <laughs> anyway, we're out. Thank you.